With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock NBA Podcast. Today's guest is Michael from Broken Side. Yes, Broken Side. You remember them. The guys that had that song back in 2008, that Get Freaky song. Let's get freaky now. You saw it. Everyone made fun of it. But you know what? The truth is they were ahead of their time. They predicted this whole like screaming emo rap thing by a good solid decade. They were doing the whole scene kids with colored hair screaming and rapping thing in 2007. 2007, my friends. Now, obviously, they got a lot of shit, but I'm happy to say that the tide has started to turn a little bit. I think that they are starting to get a little bit of the respect that they deserve. And I'm really happy to get him on to talk about their journey from being these basically weird kids from New Mexico that didn't fit in anywhere, making this bizarre music that nobody had ever thought of before, to ending up on TRL of all places, making the song that millions and millions and millions of people heard all over the world, inventing one of the most pioneering a genre that would go on to be one of the most important developments in alternative music, I would say, of the past 10 years. Super interesting stuff. Really happy to have him on the show. Very excited to share this. Before I get into that, let me remind you, there are three ways that you can support the show if you would like to. Number one, the most helpful thing that you can do is just share it. Share it on social media, on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whichever ones you want to use. I guess if you want to make a TikTok about it, you could. Probably not going to be a very popular TikTok talking about a podcast, but you know what? Try it. Let's see what happens. Share it on social media. Please tag me and the guest and Deanna. Number two, you can buy some merch if you want. There is a link to our merch store in the show notes. And number three, if you really, really, really like us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes as well. Patrons get every show a week early. There's an opportunity to have me review your band or podcast or YouTube channel or anything else that you want to send my way. So if that sounds cool, you can check that out at the link in the show notes. And as always, I would love to thank our producer and editor, Deanna Chapman. She is the one who makes all this happen. If you have a podcast that you want to get off the ground, or maybe you are already doing a podcast and you just want to do it bigger and better, then you should definitely get in touch with her. There's a link to her information in the show notes as well. And with that out of the way, let's get into the show. Happy Thursday, reporting live from uh, the plague. Yeah. You holding it down over there in Albuquerque? Yeah, we're holding it down with some Coronas to hold down the virus. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess the first question I wanted to ask you, which is I think the one everybody wants to know is like, how do you feel, you know, when you see people now doing like seeing kids with colored hair screaming and rapping when everybody said you guys were crazy for doing it and laughed at it. But now 12 years later, how do you feel when you see that stuff? It ignites like a 
double-edged sword in me because like i'm very fucking happy that you know we paved the way for a lot of lot of new artists because i don't think really anybody knows the shit we had to put up with in order to kind of like get to this point because just like you said people thought we were fucking crazy but you know we were just ahead of the game and wasn't being ahead of the game we were just trying to be ourselves and break the monotony of like what was and like we were always the oddballs so we were always trying to you know push barriers and be rebels in a way so we were like fuck it let's mix these two we love them both yeah i mean you i think oddballs is a good way to put it that even even within other kind of well i mean there really wasn't anybody in your genre really there was a couple people like doing sort of similar stuff like you know there was like dropping a pop bucket and that kind of stuff but like there really wasn't anybody else so but i mean i guess within the larger warp tour kind of world like even those people didn't accept you guys i don't know man like i was listening to melissa's podcast with you and she nailed it like they put us on like the punk rock stage i mean i get it i mean like although punk people don't see it this way we were rebel motherfuckers breaking barriers and we didn't give a fuck so, I mean, like, that's the whole lifestyle of being different, breaking barriers and not following, you know, the normality of what was. And whether they liked it or not, I think we lived that lifestyle and we lived it well. And it kind of sucked, but tough skin, you could just get stronger and move forward. Like, and we didn't really care. I did at a moment because I'm human, but got past it right away because we got so much of it. And we knew who we were. We were just some, like, ghetto kids that made it and, like, just kept going with it. Well, there's a lot of things I want to ask you about there and what you said, but that's one thing in particular I wanted to kind of touch on. I remember a lot of people at the time, like when the Freaks video came out, you know, you guys had already been around for a while, but that was when it kind of exploded. And I remember a lot of people like saying you guys were like rich white kids from the suburbs. And it was obvious to me that that was not the case. How do you feel like, I mean, I just wonder like, are, do people, are you people blind? Like, right. Yeah, no, it's just, you know, people see what they get and like they make judgments right away. We're humans. We don't really think, but like makes us feel better, I guess, to judge at times. But like the whole Freaks video, like the whole thing, we didn't come up with that. We were just on tour and like these college kids like threw it to, you know, management and it trickled down because we were going to be in Florida. And then right after that, we found out we were doing, you know, MTV, TRL. So it was like, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was a lot going on. So like. These college kids, you know, said, hey, come to this mansion. And while well, it wasn't a, it was a mansion, it was their parents' home and they had a green screen. They were doing, you know, videos in college. So that's how Freaks happened. It was just like a, one night we played and, you know, we're told to go to these people's house to shoot a video. And we were like, OK, but we showed up and we were just, you know, since the whole bright thing, we were like, everybody's dark and screaming and shit. Like, so let's be the opposite and be very bright and like because our music is out there and just like very you know vibrant so we might as well be the opposite just like everything else because you know we just went with that and it was just really cool to kind of do that and i don't know break barriers like i always say having to deal with all the bullshit stuff but well tell me about that too i mean i I would say you guys are probably the most hated artist i have ever seen and I, you know, I don't mean to be rude saying that, but I don't, I've never seen anything like that before or since. I don't, we don't get it, man. Cause if you ever meet us, like we're the kindest, most chill stoner, like here, here's a shirt off our backs. So we come from like Hispanic heritage and like we're taught to respect. And if you don't, your mom's going to swat you with your fucking 
littles, you know what I mean? Like little flip-flop. But, you know, so we always treated people like family, but people didn't, I guess they're not from our culture, so they didn't understand where we were coming from. But it's easy to hate something different, always. You said you had a moment where it kind of got to you, and it, I'll tell you, it would definitely have fucking gotten to me because even, you know, I get a lot of shitty comments on YouTube, and it gets to me sometimes, and you guys got a hundred times what I ever have. Yeah, man. Like I said, we never understood why, but we just can laugh it off and bless those people with positive vibes. I mean, like, it's cool to hate Broken Side at, at the same time. It's like, because I know for a fucking fact those numbers that we learn to see are like people that are saying, I fucking hate you, I hope you die, you little rapist, you fucking crazy, obnoxious shit. They turn it off and then go listen to Broken Side. That's <laughs> the most fucking redundant thing ever. But at the same time, thank you. Because they were a piece of the of this whole weird Broken Side thing that worked. I mean, it's true when, you know, like people say, haters made me famous. And it's true. I'd probably rather get famous another way. But, <laughs> but, but it is true. It sucked being pushed also, you know, people, the most hated band, the most hated band, they couldn't, you know, be pushed as, you know, ground breaking, you know, odd, you know, different music, you know, it was always pushed as the most hated band. And we never understood that, but we were just going so fast that we really just didn't have time to, you know, and we didn't want to fight over that because a lot of these people that were talking shit at the time, musicians wise we were like looking up to like we were like holy shit and then at the same time there's just normal people like us like talking shit on us and we're like well what the fuck we're just trying to make music and make you happy like life sucks let's go to shows music makes us happy so we we're just trying to come from the heart of music how did that happen i mean where did the idea of combining the things that you did come from because i mean especially like a song like schizo in 2007 absolutely nobody was doing anything like that back then no not at all it was just like i said we wanted to be different because we understood that you know because i liked r&b kind of like singing kind of like rap stuff and seven was also into you know very underground hip-hop that's where he came from so he kind of you know transitioned into what we kind of formed but you know fat jay and ounce came in as well but it was just different i'm a little stoned on that question so <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Just wondering where the idea came from to combine, I guess, basically like screaming and rap. To go back, it's just the MySpace to answer your question. MySpace was kind of big and, you know, Hawthorne Heights, Atreyu, all that screaming stuff. Because when Broken Side first started off, it was more emo, screamo yeah. rap. You know what I mean? It wasn't really the whole pop, you know what I mean? The whole plethora of what we are. It was just more what it is now in a weird way, you know, like soundcloud rap shit you know yeah. like respect it but it's just kind of like you asked earlier it's like fuck yeah but then like what the fuck like if anybody hasn't listened to it go listen to the really early broken side stuff like before freaks like listen to the really really early stuff that like you said is more emo and it is like it's scary how similar that is to a lot of like soundcloud rap in the last five years yeah it's wild and people shit on us like you said forever but you know whatever we just kept on trucking and doing what we what what we liked and what we thought people were enjoying. So whatever. And you guys have been doing it now for I guess probably about fifteen years. Yeah, it's which, crazy to think about. It's really wild. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, to be honest with you, I would have definitely given up when you guys didn't. I would just be like, okay, everyone hates. I mean, not well. That's not true because it's not true to say everyone hated it because a lot of people really liked it. 
and they liked it for a reason because those songs were good. They they were great, and like like I like I was saying earlier, like the haters, they weren't really haters. They were just hating because it was cool, but they were fucking listening. They were because you know the songs. How the fuck are you saying these goddamn words if like you hate my music? Yeah, and those songs had you know a million plays back when that was a huge number. Dude, yeah, like even on MySpace days, we were getting like a million plus plays a day when it was like really popping and we were like whoa this is like what's going on here we were just making music but people believed in it and just like you said numbers today would a million then would probably be like i have no idea 10 million right yeah some shit yeah well what what kept you guys going that whole time i mean it's i guess you and seven really have, have been the two consistent members what's kept you guys going that whole time just the love for music i guess and just like seeing how because like it we were always different and like not the cool people so we knew what it was like and we just made what we thought was cool and i guess maybe that's what attached to people's hearts was you know it's okay to be cool because that's what we've always preached don't follow anything be yourself and that's okay be happy how much of a role do you think being from albuquerque played because i feel like a lot of times innovative stuff comes from out of the way places like that yeah there's just talent everywhere that's the crazy thing and the you know the x factor was my space but coming from albuquerque it's fucking hard if you've ever been to albuquerque or you know new mexico which is part of the united states yes people or those people that don't know <laughs> are there people that don't understand that yeah it's kind of hard because here there's not much so everybody's stepping on each other to make it instead of working together you know what i mean so it was hard to just do it all on our own but at the same time it was cool because we paved the way like i said yeah, and I mean, you, you guys could have left Albuquerque at any time, but you've stayed there the whole time, right? Yeah, we've just, like I said, born and raised. Like, we were, I guess, kind of offered a reality show in L.A., and things were kind of being in the works, but we were just like, nah, it's like Albuquerque. We love the red chili, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and the mountains and our river right in our city. It's pretty beautiful here, actually. Now, what were you saying about a reality show? When did What was that all about? It was a, during the Warped Tour show, I guess. What we are filming the booty call video there's some i don't know people checking it out you know because they were talks about they wanted to film us recording our first album and you know the chaos with reality shows right it just didn't work but that just speaks words i guess yeah it was kind of weird but i'm glad it didn't work out at the same time who knows what would have happened i mean they weren't gonna try to make you look good that's for sure yeah definitely not because we like to party in a totally fun way you know what i mean and wow I know TV just from that one MTV like experience. Well, TV is freaking weird. Yeah. Tell me about that. How did you guys end up being on TRL? Just because of our following, I guess. I guess, you know, people believed in us and they were seeing that this is actually real, although people didn't like it or understand it yet, I guess is the word. There were the, the young people that are now grown adults that hopefully, you know, definitely yep. follow the podcast. <laughs> they believed in us and pushed it forward. And those, like I said, those million plays a day on myspace that said a lot so i guess you know trl or mtv got in touch with our manager at the time and then they worked it out and like i said we were in florida recording that video and then our van broke down and i was like oh man what a time and then a manager called me right as we broke down and he's like guess what you're gonna be on mtv i was like cool oh, we ain't gonna make it our van just broke down and then some random angel guy just helped us overnight next morning, bought us a part and sent us on our way. It was pretty wild. So, you know, 
for all the good and all the bish, like bullshit that we put up with, there was a lot of great people that we met along the way, so we're thankful. So what was being on TRL like? You said it was pretty wild. Yeah, because we're used to our lyrics, you know? It's just, like, out there. Like, we don't give a fuck, like, you know? So when we had to take out so many different words, like, last minute, it was just so odd and just, you know, as weird as it was, like, our music caught on and the crowd live kind of just started jumping and enjoying it, you know, naturally. But they have people, uh, you know, jump, 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 telling people to, you know, jump and make noise and this and that. And this whole entertainment world is pretty wild when you get into it. Yeah. So I'm just curious how that works. Like, will you show up and like, do you go to like the front desk or who do you like? How does that work? Yeah, it was weird. We were in our, I think one of our vans, I don't know if it's breaking down yet, but I think it was our yellow and we we named it the yellow bus because we we're always drinking we had dressing rooms but we'd always party in it but yeah we parked the yellow bus down the road and man that was a headache just trying to find parking yeah and then we had our uh, fat jay who was in the band carrying his big keyboard and we're walking down a couple blocks and then we see this random building and we go in and then have to pass some clearance you're like uh hey we're supposed to be on trl <laughs> yeah we're pairing the pig head and carrying the pig head as well you know for brief yeah we put him on tv as well so that looked a little odd but it's new york so part right. time but <laughs> we made it and then they just told us last minute all right you can't say this word this word this word and then they asked us a few or they told us a few questions they were going to ask how to answer them in a way. And then we just, you know, they kind of told us where to stand and then one, two, three, go. We're live. That's wild. So no real like rehearsal or like preparation really? Just go? Just go. Pretty much like a show, you know what I mean? You just go. Yeah, except that you have to change the lyrics to the last minute and you guys have like done those songs thousands of times. Yep, exactly. So it was different, but it was really, really fun. So it was a good experience and I'm thankful for every you know, person that was involved and helped get us there and helped our career and believed in us. Were the fans that were there just like whatever random people MTV brought or were they your people? I haven't watched that in a long time. Yeah, I have no idea how it worked. I just know people stood in a line and they had to let them in. And just like, I don't know, like I was saying, it's just really weird. TV's weird. Yeah. It's really weird. I Yeah, I, I imagine. I've never had anything to do with it. It's not like real, but it's real. But it's not <laughs> real. It's like different and then you did warp tour was it 2009 yeah luckily we had that whole i like to think of it as like the whole myspace fucking rebel era we're on a bus with millionaires jeffrey there was well not with jeffrey but you know jeffrey was on there yeah. there was skylit drive all the 303 you know all those other cool myspace bands so it was really cool and then being able to tour you know the breathe carolina that whole myspace kind of sound was really really fun because we already were touring beforehand so it just you know kind of kept going yeah it was fun really cool we learned a lot it was really different and then them putting us on the wrong stage was really cool we had shit thrown at us all the time oh sure dude it's so funny how you know punks are some of the most like intolerant uptight people you'll ever meet it's so ironic it's weird man they're they're like so like we almost got in so many, you know, not many, but I guess many fights on Warp Tour. It's people just talking shit. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? I just smoke some weed and take a shot. Like, well, what are you doing? This is music. You know what I mean? Did I screw you out of money? Like, chill the fuck out. Because, you know, like you said, you guys, I've, I've met you guys a few times over the years. You guys are nice, like, chill people. Yeah, we like just party, but who doesn't? I mean, hey, but yeah, we're really nice, chill people. But people just paint their own picture. 
and a lot of people get to believe it, but it's whatever. You know, now that you mention it, all those bands like, you know, 303, Breathe Carolina, Millionaires, like you were saying there, there, there definitely was an interesting little moment in the scene. And I feel like there isn't really anything going on now in the Warp Tour kind of world that's fun like that. No, not at all. And I kind of feel like... I always push for it. Broken Side is always trying to push for it. Yeah. So the people that believe, go for it and push for it. And I, and I feel like that's kind of missing and... Uh, and that 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 might be part of the reason why that's why that scene isn't as popular as it used to be because people like to have fun and there's not a lot of fun going on there anymore. Not at all. I mean, like I we respect Warp Tour for the one year we got on, and before that, when we you know we learned what what it was, we respected it. But yeah, like you said, it's just like very monotonous, and we get it, we get numbers, but like I'm sure they saw like a really cool new increase in like audience when they put you know, something new out there. And it's interesting how some of the people you mentioned, well, everybody that you mentioned in that sentence is still around, which is interesting. And some of them have become huge. I mean, Jeffrey obviously is gigantic. 303 ended up getting huge after that. Breathe Carolina are like huge EDM artists now. So even though people... And, you know, and Hollywood Undead, which wasn't part of it, but kind of part of that, you know, they ended up having a bunch of like Billboard top 10 albums. So as much as people turned up their nose at that stuff, it was actually really popular. Yeah. Even when we toured with Hollywood Undead, it was a really good thing. People loved the idea. You know, we were, you know, not liked, but I know we were pulling goddamn numbers and it was a really fun show because it was, you know, rock, 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 rock. And then Broken Side Party, Party, Party. And, you know, that, that was a fun time. I saw that tour and that was like before I kind of understood Broken Side. So, so you kind of get what I'm saying in a way. Oh, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, you had the fog machine? Yeah, we had kind of had, like, we brought our own live show. Yeah, and the lights. Our lights, but, like, we wanted to bring a whole something new show for everything from sound to visuals, you know. Breathe did it, and then, you know, we were like, wow, that's really cool. And we were also doing it, so we are like, maybe we're doing something right. You know, all those lights, it, it made the show. It totally did. Like, yeah. I remember just kind of not really knowing what to expect, and the lights and the fog came, and you were playing, uh, what's the song, the 5-6 Suck on My Dick? Uh, yeah, a schizo broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what in the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, we thought it was really cool, and we knew it was different, and people would dig it. Yeah. So after that, you guys ended up, you're on Subnoise for a while. Yeah, they were really good. Really good label to us. They treated us pretty good. How long were you on Subnoise for? We were on there for a while. I think we gave them, we worked like two or three albums with them, something. Yeah. We were able to work with, you know, E-40, Paul Wall, Trey Nice, Cottonmouth Kings, a lot of really cool artists. And we were, you know, stoked because, oh my God, legendary E-40. Totally. And Paul Wall. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, we like to call ourselves the originators. So, you know, legendaries with originators crossing, we thought was really, really cool because, you know, where we come from, like I said way earlier, like, yeah, right. That would never happen. Totally. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use HyperFollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. And how did you feel you fit into that world, the Cottonmouth Kings kind of scene? We didn't get to really test waters too much in it because honestly, we were always headlining all of our own shows, which made things difficult for us to grow in a way. Mm-hmm. We were always either headlining or just a stepping stone for somebody to kind of move forward. And that really fucked us over. But like, like it was really cool to work with Hollywood and dead and go on that larger tour because we didn't have to necessarily pull all the weight and we got to gain a lot of new fans. So festivals and tours like that were really cool, but everything was a cool learning experience and we got to meet really cool people and fans and people tend to forget that fans are the number one. So we always try to keep our fans like our number ones, like without fans, we ain't nobody. I think that's a really important point. And Something Melissa said in that podcast really helped me because I've been getting pretty irritated lately with just dipshit commenter types. And she said, I'll respond to every positive comment before you ever respond to a negative one. And just like you're saying, you know, the fans matter. And you guys had a huge number of fans. And yes, there were some people who talked shit, but it's very easy to lose sight of the fact that there's hundreds of thousands or millions of people that like what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Like people don't talk about that. It's just like, you know, they just like I say, they paint their own picture. Like they hear all the bad because negative is cool. But like, we're not about that. We're about positive vibes and moving forward because that's momentum of life. Like if you ain't being positive with the light, like you're in darkness and shit don't work. 
and that's the way we think with stuff. So just like Melissa said, just always push forward because those people are fans anyway. They're just trying to A, get a comment off you first and it doesn't matter. And plus shit, thank you for the comment, motherfucker. <laughs> You're right that people talk shit just because they want you to reply. Yeah, it's cool to hate something. And like, we've never been bullies. We fucking hate bullies. Like it's bullshit. So like, it's just a bully tactic in a way. And we don't respect that. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's interesting that, you know, with both you and millionaires and a lot of these other artists, but I would say both of you guys who got a lot of hate, I've never heard a single bad thing about Melissa or Allison. I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about you guys personally that's like ever like met you. You know, it's an interesting thing that like who you are as a person just kind of doesn't really matter. Nope. And men, the things people say, like they've wished death upon us and made fake TMZ things and that hurts your business, which is like also your music. And like when that hurts business, that's less for fans. And that's not cool. Just because people ain't believing in something yet or understanding it yet, that's not fair. That's bullying and Fuck those people. Bullying is, is definitely not cool, and it does hurt people. Yeah, it hurts business, it hurts people's feelings, and it changes a lot of dynamics of things. So, you know, positive vibes, everybody. So, speaking of fans and positive vibes, once you guys kind of started doing the crunk core thing, and I, did you guys come up with that term, or who? where did that come from? I mean, like, I don't want to say I did, but, like, as I'll say Broken Side did, I guess. Maybe you did, yeah. We were trying to, you know, always trying to, make new trends because we didn't want to be you know well they're a mix of you know rap and screamo yeah pop. we're fucking crunkcore we're a mix of all music like don't label us so once you guys started doing that you definitely saw some people pick up on that like once you sort of made people aware that it was possible to do this there were definitely other people around the country doing it yeah it really cool you know like shout out to dot dot curve and pop lock and drop it and you know uh all them people that people don't really realize that we're also along with the movement yeah i was i was curious like how close you were with those guys and weirdly like evansville indiana seemed to have a lot of that stuff going on of all places yeah man that was a cool place we loved indiana especially evansville the kids that showed up for kids people parents adults everybody that showed up to our sold out shows were it was wild because we're in fucking, I, I didn't even know Evansville, Indiana existed. Yeah. We were thankful and blown, like, wow. So it was cool. Met a lot of cool friends out there in Indiana, actually. Do you still talk to any of those guys? Yeah. For the real people, you know, the business is really fake. But for the real ones, you know, it's really cool to see them stick around and, you know, see that they get married, they have kids, you know, and it's cool because we kind of grow Life is really short. Yeah. Well, you guys are grownups now. Uh, you know, seven, do you have do you have kids? No, no kids. But, no. but seven has at least one, right? Yeah, he has two. Two now. Okay. And how how does that change things? I mean, obviously you can't speak for him, but just being an adult, I guess. Yeah. You know, like we named before our last. You know, we dropped an album called uh, All Grown Up, and we were you know trying to make reference that you know we could still make music, but it's all about growing up too, and like. Because he has children, but, you know, we're not able to make music saying, you make my pee-pee hard because <laughs> right. we're grown up. But yeah. we can still make them bangers that are saying the same thing. Well, speaking of those lyrics, I think a lot of people maybe thought that you guys were just total idiots and that stuff was serious. But, I mean, you guys were having fun with that stuff. It's music. Like, music is art. So, like, fuck you if you're judging me. And second of all, like, 
I know you're laughing and you like that. Well, I mean, I don't think people realize that some of that stuff was a joke. Yeah, we were just trying to be witty. Like, music is witty. It's, we're, we're like in the rap game, too. People don't understand, like, in the rap game, you got to be fucking witty with lines. Right. You can't just make rock music or screamo music. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole nother, like, dynamic that people don't stop and think about. So, you know, we're trying to make people laugh with the dynamic of rap but adding the screaming on top of you the singing and and speaking of your your latest album the one from 2018 you guys kind of switched it up on that one and went a lot more kind of trap and i listened to that one and it sounds so current yeah because it's like your vocal styles i'd say were always really similar to what is happening now but you just had a different style of production now the production is like the more trap style yeah it's just the beat pattern and just the sounds now and people get it so they were able i'm not saying they could build off of what we did but in a way yeah because like i don't know but we were also just showing like look we did this 10 fucking years ago but here's a new version like you you don't want to you know accept that we're like these suicide boys all these people like check this shit out like We'll bang this out for you people. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. We're not trying to follow trends. We're just trying to show that we're able to do anything. Well, I mean, you did, you're did. you not following the trend because you, you created it. Exactly. So it's weird to say, but I say it, so fuck it. I mean, you guys are humble, just like Melissa is. But at the same time, I think, you know, not to say that nobody else has, other people have innovated too, but I mean, I think it's, you know, okay to take credit for what you've done. Yeah, and I haven't dealt with like what, Broken Side has had to deal with. I know not any band, minus ICP and probably Nickelback. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those, yeah, those are the only two that can that can uh, that can maybe compete with you. But you know, if you really give our music a chance, you know, especially the the newer, older stuff that we're doing, you know, like you'll see it's still the same thing. Especially if you're liking the new age music, then you're just tripping. You're just being a hater. You still like. So tell me, who have you heard from? Like the younger generation, I know like Lil Aaron, you know, gave you guys some uh, some recognition in an interview recently. Who else have you heard from that's like told you guys that you're an influence? Shout out to like Horsehead. And, uh, you know, we met Ghostmane. He kind of gave a shout out, but not really, you know, so respect. But we got to meet him and they're really cool people. Really just, you know, doing their thing. I, like when... We saw them, we were like, damn, me and my brother were just thinking when we left there, like, damn, we were doing that same shit, like mad yeah. props, that's so tight. So it's cool to see that and, you know, but mad shout out to little Aaron because he's only like one of the real cats in a Phil Philip Solo as well. He's out in Canada. He's a really cool cat, but those two cats have really been cool with us, and, you know, worked with us. So respect to them too. Yeah. Aaron's a good guy. I like him. Very, very, very talented songwriter too. Dude, he knows music. So if you guys have not heard Little Aaron, which I know you have, check Little Aaron out. Yeah, if you haven't. So do you plan on, you know, doing Broken Side forever? Or do you have like a goal for this? Or where do you see things going in the future? Well, we all do so like solo music, but with Seven working and, you know, his kids and personal life, we're always doing music, but it's just kind of not as easy. And like touring is really different now. It's not like the way it used to be by any means whatsoever. Like we were booking shit, like we were talking with promoters, you know, at the beginning, even behind the scenes, you know, like everything still we had to deal with and kind of yes or no and give it, you know, deal with it. So you were doing like you're booking that stuff on MySpace back in the day? Yep. Sev would book a lot of the shows and we would reach out to people and just make it work. And here locally, we would print flyers and get 
open mic nights and get it out there. You have an agent or something now that just says, here's the tour? Yeah, you know, when we uh, have an agent and all that stuff, we've just been kind of, like Melissa was saying, just on a hiatus. We're not done or anything. Just like we always said back in 05, broken side will never die. <laughs> back, you know, like even if we do die, we're in history. I know we've changed pop culture. I know we've changed music. I know we've changed a lot of things, whether people want to respect it. And if they do respect it, we love you guys. Thank you. Because it's been rad. But the end game, I don't know, man. We didn't start with one. We just knew we wanted to make music. We just care about music. I'm in my 30s, 35. I don't know. But I don't really think about like my age. I just think about music. So whatever happens, happens. Even if we have nobody listening, it's still we're going to be making music. Well, I mean, I think that's the reason why you guys have done what you have is because you're doing it for yourselves, not for external validation. No, for, you know, when you kind of get in that entertainment world, you do it for a moment, but then you got to, you know, self-realize like we're doing it wrong. And then you kind of curve around and realize you got to do it for yourselves again. And that's when the magic happens. And Luckily, we've been able to, you know, keep doing that, just having, you know, the bangers that people do enjoy. Was there a moment where you felt like you had kind of lost sight of that and were, were doing things you felt like you were supposed to do? It was just hard because not really, not on the music sense, but then when business gets entwined, it's a little weird because we had one label and then we had another label that we were checking out in New York and they were like so ready to do things and I don't know what happened, but I know if we would have went that road and it happened, I know it would have been way huger because that would have meant from like um, some suburban to a major label for sure. Do you think that would have been a good thing or bad thing or who knows? It would have been cool to have Broken Side on the large scale that we knew it should have been and could have been because I know it would have exposed the world to something cool and something new, I guess. I don't know. Like, because we didn't just also make music, we kind of preached the lifestyle of just being yourselves and be happy and don't let bullies, you know what I mean? Like we were just different because we were like the bullied kids at one point. It's interesting that you would say that, you know, you preach the lifestyle of being happy because that's one thing I noticed about your fans back then, you know, me being older than, you know, pretty much all of them is they were like really fun. Like all the kids that were into that whole scene, the crunk core scene were like, you know, happy, fun, nice people. Yeah. Like, Cause that's what we want in this world. Right. I, I think because there's enough negative, but if we turn that light around, it's going to be really like, just like broken side bright, you know, out there, just be yourself. And that's okay. Cause a lot more beautiful things happen when you're yourself. And I guess more opportunities happen for everybody. There's been a lot of times in my life where I did kind of what I thought other people wanted me to do, or I was kind of doing what I thought I was supposed to do. And it, just kind of never really worked. And then every time I've said, you know what, fuck it, this is just who I am. I'm going to be myself. Let the chips fall all the way they may is always when like the biggest opportunities have come my way. Absolutely. You know, you just got to align the stars and, you know, look, we're crossing paths, you know, broken side and now you're awesome podcast. So that's really cool. It's just when you do good, good things happen. Yeah, well, the work hard part is definitely important. And for anybody who maybe doesn't understand that, can you talk about like all the grinding that you guys, I mean, still do, but especially when you're kind of making it happen back in the MySpace days, can you talk about what, what you guys were doing to make it happen? Man, we were just living in a van, like getting hotels, you know, just we were very grateful to get hotel rooms, but we we're still in majority 98% in the van because we would tour and we did one 
run for like nine months straight at one point when we first started. Like, oh, damn. I don't know. And there's like, that's a long time to not be really home. We would cross home for like a couple hours for our show and bounce. Leaving home was really different. And we were really young, too. So it was like a big change to just get up and go and live out of a van and learn how to eat at certain times and, you know, check into hotels. And it was different then because there was no like apps. So it was like we were kind of on looking on maps. Oh, <laughs> five. We didn't have cell phones with GPS. So that's how we started. We got a U.S. map and we were in our van that we bought for a thousand bucks and we just hit the road. Yeah. Just grinded it out and figured it out. Young guys and made it happen. McDonald's, Taco Bell. <laughs> Not much sleep. I mean, you know, get up in the morning, we'd get free breakfast, try to be at the venue by, you know, one or two set up because we had our lighting. And then we'd hang out from like maybe one to like one in the morning every single day and then either drive or just stay the night if we could. It's like a lot of going and not stopping. Yeah, which is super cool. Like what I think people don't understand is that's a really fun night to be a fan. But to do that every day for weeks or months in a row not saying that it isn't cool and fun for you guys because it is but it's also hard oh it's very draining you know you you blow your throat your body's aching you just miss home you're you don't know what's going on you know you have bills it's just it's a whole whirlwind of things going on but at the end of the day just seeing our fans happy and getting to meet them and get the word out there broken side was really 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 worth it Two last things I wanted to ask you about. One was you guys played the Gathering of the Juggalos a while ago, right? Oh, God, that was freaking cool. But, oh, God, that was an eye-opener of what, like, probably Woodstock was in the 70s. It was wild. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've just seen videos of it. Is it as wild as it looks in the videos? Oh, fuck yes. It is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, man. You just see boobs everywhere. You see people on the floor fucked up. You just see really happy people but at the same time it's kind of like the same thing of like fuck it be yourself I don't give a yeah fuck. believe in yourself and be yourself well you know if michael from broken side is telling you that it's crazy that it's fucking crazy <laughs> yeah man like i'm wow it was crazy but we're very grateful to have touched you know based on the gathering and the juggalos they were really receptive and i guess they like broken side so that was cool shout out to the juggalos you know juggalos are really nice people for the most part they are and it's but they're just misunderstood because people make judgments quickly because you know if you're tattooed and different you're you're a fucking loser but in reality put a suit on you're like the millionaire so fuck you yeah and i'm happy that you guys are able to connect with it because it seems like a community that would understand you guys more than other people might yeah it was really cool and i'm you know it's (laughs) i used to be a juggalo fan and then it's crazy to finally play that festival yeah well last question just to get to know michael a little bit better what do you do with yourself aside from broken side like what are you into aside from music and stuff um i like to game i like i love gaming i love legend of zelda i love movies i'm a total nerd i'm I'm a hermit actually minus nature i love rock climbing i love positivity i love um just growing i love family more than anything honestly that made us really good people and solid people, so we're very thankful for our family. What's your favorite Zelda game? Man, Ocarina of Time, definitely, but then Raiden Contentman is like the Link to the Past on NES. Link to the Past is my favorite. Yep, I have a whole sleeve of Zelda, like I dedicated my body to it. So, What did you think of Breath of the Wild? Dude, it's a 10 out of 10, but 
I haven't even got far because it's so GTA. I just collect flowers and stuff <laughs> all day. Like, I don't even know how to, like, my God, you know? But I love it. But I heard, you know, Breath of the Wild 2 on the way, so I better I better get that on, especially with this virus going on. And everybody be safe. Much love. Wash your hands. Sanitize. Right on. Cool. I've taken up enough of your time, so I'll let you go. Anything else that you want to add before uh, we sign off? Nothing. Just check out our new album, Zero to Broken Side. We have some new videos on Broken Side TV. Add us on Instagram, The Real Broken Side, I believe. And be sure to add your podcast because it was fucking awesome spending time with you, man, during this time. Thank you. Right on. Appreciate it. And if you guys ever come through Seattle, definitely let me know. Yeah, absolutely. We'll party up, man. Cool. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home thinking about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs. But what about the stories behind the records that make titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.